Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. 52 planes. This is what China has been flying around and in Taiwanese airspace. If you think that this doesn't have connection to Afghanistan, well, I would be curious about your thinking. That China sees its opportunity to further engage control of the island of Taiwan, of the Taiwanese people, and fulfill its view of one China. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. But what other message is being sent here other than the message to Taiwan that we will dominate you by air and by sea, you will comply and have no choice? Major Mike Lyons joins us right now, does work with CBS Radio as their military analyst. You've seen him all over your TV boxes and social media, and of course, joins us regularly. Major Mike Lyons on the phone, and sir, over the last two to three days, it's been more than 80 planes that China has sent towards Taiwan. What kind of planes are we talking about here? And what kind of movements or, or, or actions, aggressive or otherwise, are they taking? Hey, Tony, great to be back with you. Yeah, these are J-16 fighters, nuclear-capable H-6 bombers. This is the entire you know, upper echelon of the Chinese uh, Air Force and the fleet they have. And it's the kind of signal that gets sent to countries that they're going to start something. I mean, th- these are the kind of um, uh, aircraft that the Taiwanese government has got to respond to. Uh, because if they don't, there's a potential that they're going to open up their payload doors and drop something on them. So it is uh, a level of aggression we haven't seen China do. But it, it, it's all fallen into place based on what they've been doing the past few years. As they've built up military assets in the Spratleys and other places in the South China Sea as they look to dominate that region. And um, I think to your point, as you said, you brought up in, in, your, in your beginning, is, is it's all been accelerated now because of Afghanistan, because they know that the United States is, is probably not going to respond. And they want, they want the, the future to happen now, and they're, not, uh, they're no longer willing to wait for it. First, I've always referred to it as the Spraltay. I didn't realize I was saying it wrong, the Spratly Islands. There's also a tremendous amount of what China has been doing within these islands to build islands and, and, and build land uh, masses. And I had always thought that was about being able to say, see, this is Chinese territory. This is about, uh, you know, making claims to, to waterways. But this is also about being able to create airfields so they have more ways to get more planes to where they need them to be. But I want to go back to something you said, because what you said is, uh, is, is frightening. The idea of opening, uh, you know, and, uh, the doors and dropping payload. China sees itself in a place that they could engage a bombing run of places in Taiwan to get them to submit, and the world will do nothing? Yeah, I, that's a great question. I'm not sure that that is the case. I'm not sure what the world would do. I, I talked to a fellow analyst over the weekend, and we were kind of uh, you know, wargaming what, what, what that would look like if, if they did that. And we decided that you know, where would this war take place? I mean, if, if something happened, how, what, would it, what would our response be? Uh, would we, would we, as United States, as, as a defender of Taiwan, as an ally, respond to mainland China? It, it just, it, we just couldn't kind of figure out where the location was, especially as like, the army guy that uh, that I am. You know, I've got to have a geography. But, but what they're doing is it's forcing, you know, economic pressure on Taiwan because they've got they've got to respond. 
Um, there are some that think that if the Chinese start this, that they're going to lose the century. They'll get set back forever. I, I just don't think that's the case. They've built all these uh, up on these atolls with what's called a lily pad technology or lily pad strategy that, that will allow them to land planes. You know, they, didn't, they didn't build condos on those islands. They built um, missile silos, and, and, and the, their capacity to, for example, knock out the USS Ronald Reagan, which is in the South China Sea right now, is, is as high as it's ever been. And I know the Navy is concerned about it. Uh, the question is whether they'll pull the trigger. Talking to Major Mike Lyons, retired uh, U.S. Army a news radio military analyst. Uh, when you talk about uh, the plane in being involved here, I believe, believe it's pronounced it's the Shenyang uh, J-11 that was being uh, flown in, or the J-16, which is their strike aircraft that is derived from the, the J-11. Um, yeah. You're talking about something that is utilizes radar-absorbent uh, paint. Uh, this is something that they are very, very uh, proud of, introduced five or six years ago into their military there was also uh i can never pronounce it right xian i believe it's chan but i could be wrong that's their twin engine jet bomber there were a dozen of these that made their way into taiwanese airspace this is more than just a show of strength yeah and and the fact that they have released this out knowing full well that you know the united states is going to you know, get a beat on this. Look at their capabilities. This is also showing off what 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 they have, um, and to send that many there. You know, perhaps they call it a training mission because that that's what I think China's got to get over the, the hump with. Um, what, what the United States has, this is, you know, if you if you go down a brass tacks here, the United States has got wartime experience. We've, you know, the, the 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 upside from a military perspective, being in Afghanistan and in the last twenty years is is we're kind of not afraid to pull the trigger. I, I don't think we are. I hope Afghanistan hasn't psychologically disarmed us. But China doesn't have any of that capability. So they've got to get some experience, and they've got to get their pilots to have that experience. So if they order their pilots to do something, that they'll actually do it. And I think, I think that's all part of this. I think that's a significant training exercise that, that serves two purposes, trains their units as well as uh, intimidates the island of Taiwan. So let's start talking about Taiwan and and their military capacity, capability, which certainly does not match that of China, but they do have a capability. The question is, what is that capability from the Taiwanese? Uh, mostly um, active air defense. Um, that, that would start on the ground. Uh, I think any you know, given the the amount of um, Chinese aircraft that they could put in the air, the fighters that they have, I don't think they have they would have any kind of air superiority or, or any kind of air parity, let's say, from a, a military perspective. So anything would have to come from the ground. Um, and and the the bottom line is the standoff of the Chinese equipment, their their capability to attack Taiwan, and not be engaged by the, the those ground um, anti ballistic missile defense systems. Is, is largely is largely tremendous. So I, I, you you, you kind of net it all out, and it would be no match. The Chinese would quickly gain air superiority. Um, they wouldn't be able to hold anything unless they brought in troops, and that again creates a whole other completely different scenario. So. Never mind how the United States may respond to this, and and we will get to that. A lot of this 
is what they were concerned about. And you saw the deal between the United States, Great Britain, and Australia regarding nuclear submarines. This got the French infuriated. They recalled their ambassadors. And as you look at it, I would argue that clearly Joe Biden did not handle our allies properly. This was also a bit of theater from the French because they don't like being left out of conversations. The Australians have a lot to lose. The Japanese have a lot to lose. South Korea has a lot to lose. And India is paying very close attention. So when you are Japan, you are North, uh, sorry, South Korea, and you are Australia, you're watching this move at Taiwan. What's your move? Well, I, I think that um, siding with the Australians is the smart thing, first and foremost, because they do have um, probably the most capable military. And all we really did was pull the rug out of a French business deal because the French were going to sell the Australians, I don't know, technology 50 years old. I mean, diesel submarines, you, know, I mean, I, you kind of got to be kidding me. Uh, the nuclear-capable submarine that, we were, that we're now sending to Australia, it's just much more efficient. It's just, uh, you know, again, a, a better platform. If you're an Australian soldier, you're the Australian prime minister. You could look the parents of any of the soldiers and sailors in that Navy and say, look, we're going to protect the force. I'm going to give you the best thing. So I think if we prioritize, um, we look at South Korea, Japan, Australia within that realm. Um, also, Taiwan's close to Manila. It's close to the Philippines. But, but again, we don't have the same kind of relationship with that country as we do. So if we're going to tie it all together, we've got to look at those as the big three. And, and that's where our focus has got to be. I just think at the end of the day, Europe is not going to play. They're not going to participate and what's going to be a, 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 you know, a, a local regional battle where, once again, the U.S. might be more proxy as others might fight. But, um, but China clearly is going to go for it, especially in this century. So you're making uh, an argument that is very, very looked down the road geopolitically. Talking to Major Mike Lyons, retired U.S. Army, you're making the argument that Europe can say to themselves, whatever China does with Taiwan, that's on them. And we'll deal with China ipso facto after the fact. That's a that's one heck of a risk to take. By the way, it has been reported that Taiwan uh, has scrambled their jets this on the fourth uh, straight day to try and keep China from getting a, a little too rough and tumble. But mm -hmm. Europe's reaction is not the only one, and certainly not the one that I think um, is most interesting. And that's the reaction of India. Because India wants to certainly see itself as a world player, and they certainly have the population to rival China as a world player. They certainly have the opportunities to engage pushback in a close relationship with the United States on Pakistan, uh, which, which they are constantly in levels of strife and, and hate with. Where are they in this conversation, and is India prepared to start bringing itself into today's world? Well, I, I think India is an important ally now, especially since we're out of Afghanistan, especially you know given the influence Pakistan has there. So we, we've got to do a better job of aligning with India. However, again, um, India still just struggles to, to maintain the kind of you know military that poses the threat that, that allows it to carry out its foreign policy. Um, you're, you're absolutely right. It's got a billion people. We couldn't make a billion bullets. It's the only one population-wise that could – match up and stack up with the Chinese, but the Chinese are so further a, a, a ahead of it. India is going to rely on its nuclear power. It's going to rely on, on that as, as a deterrent. But, but again, the, the assumption is going to be this battle is going to take place at a lower level. We're not going to escalate to that point of which then India really doesn't play.
Now we've come to the final. We come to the United States. And, and I got to tell you, the idea that Europe would say, ah, we're going to step back from this would be a very, very interesting maneuver, as, as I would see it. But Europe has its own issues to contend with, uh, including other NATO nations like Turkey and questions of how much they can be trusted on a series of things. The United States has to understand that if you allow Taiwan to fall, you've already allowed Hong Kong to fall, and I and I, I understand that that happened in the Trump administration. You're saying that these are things that are just going to happen, and we have to keep our powder dry for another day. Is that a sound policy? I, I think realpolitik says that's going to happen. Um, I, I don't know what you look around Europe. Who would actually get involved that can influence uh, the French? talk a good game. Again, I think they're looking at what happened in Afghanistan and trying to say that they would be involved, but at the end of the day, they wouldn't. Um, England would support us as an ally, but it's, uh, you know they continue to struggle. The Germans don't even have any kind of capable military at this point to try to defend off what could be um, you know something that happens from the Russians. The Russians put 400,000 troops on their border. We've talked about this in Ukraine. It's, that, could, that could lead to World War III as they continue to try to influence that battlefield there. So I, I, I still don't think Europe is going to play. And I just I still think that uh, it's going to be the United States, Australia, Japan and and South Korea that'll that'll have to put the pressure on China to at least um, hold off on what's happening inside of Taiwan. The question is whether or not the, the Chinese will pull the trigger. So now we talk pressure. You brought it up. Let's get in. When the idea of applying pressure, what does that look like? Is that economic or is that a via force? And that leads us to the part two, the idea of China paper tiger. So yeah. this has been a talked about constant theory for a right. good long time. That the truth is, for all the bluster of China, one punch to the nose and they fall down. So what yeah. is the pressure and is China a paper tiger? Yeah, great point. It's, it's, it's literally back to the future again, you know, going back to the late 1800s of gunboat diplomacy um, in that, uh, you know, if the Teddy Roosevelt speaks softly but carry a big stick. Um, the question is the Chinese, though, have this missile technology. They, they saw what happened in Desert Storm, and they vowed not to let that happen to them. So they're going to go after our carriers. They're going to go sink a carrier. What are we going to do when they sink uh, – Again, the USS Ronald Reagan, 5,000 sailors are in peril. What, how would we react to that? I, you know, we're gaming that again over the weekend with an analyst. We, we didn't know what exactly our response would be. I, I think um, the, you know, we, would, we would strike back, and the question is this is why I believe China is doing what it's doing right now, trying to get some of its pilots to have the gumption in order to, to try to strike and reach that punch should they decide that they're going to launch actually something. We should also note that the USS Carl Vinson is also uh, in the area they were engaged in in those war games. I believe the Carl Vinson is still there, which is a, a carrier. Um, I got to assume anything regarding the USS Ronald Reagan would be an act of war, a go to Congress act of war, at least right. in normal times with a normal president and a normal Congress. These are not normal times. Uh, Major Mike Lyons, retired U.S. Army. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Uh, news, radio, military analyst, CBS News, and others, and we appreciate him having him. Appreciate having him here. Much more to get to. I'm Tony Katz.